the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Holastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Elastic, and I will be your host for today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. I am co-founder of Financing Solutions, and Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit for small nonprofits in the United States. We've been, uh, we've been leading that whole industry for the past 12 years. If you are interested in looking at a line of credit for your nonprofit, please visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. We also have a sponsor. It's Arrays Fast Fun Online. It's A-R-A-I-Z-E. And Arrays is uh, accounting software that's specifically made for small to medium-sized nonprofits. Um, I actually uh, use, we use them, uh, we switched over uh, from QuickBooks to uh, Arrays for one of the nonprofits I'm a board member of. Um, we're really, really happy with them there. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in getting uh, software specifically built for an industry and try to make it, instead of trying to make general software work for your organization like QuickBooks. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Arrays, you can call Joe at 866-840-7449 or visit Arrays' website. It's A-R-A-I-Z-E dot com. Um, today, I am very excited to be speaking with Paul Katz from Entertain Impact. Paul, who is the author of Good Influence, is a veteran music industry executive, multi-Grammy nominee, and thought leader in the cause uh, influence field who has guided nonprofits, companies, high-profile artists, and other influencers in driving meaningful social impact campaigns for more than two decades. As CEO and founder of social impact agency Entertain Impact, Katz's marketing and advocacy campaigns have raised awareness, support, and funds for philanthropic social justice, and purpose-driven organizations over the past two decades, including the African Wildlife Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, National Trust for Historic Preservation, Rotary International, amongst many, many others. He has helped uh, uh, many, many campaigns with the support by uh, having hundreds of influencers, including Kevin Bacon, Ziggy Marley, uh, John Legend, Mark Rufulo, Annie Lee Bewitz, and many more. Paul, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thank you. I'm um, pleased and honored to be part of it. Thank you. So, Paul, how did you get involved in this? In the, in the nonprofit space? Well, I come out of the music business. I was part of a record label and music publishing group called where the record label was called Jive Records for 20 years. And originally I came from England, and then I came across here for a year, 37 years ago in New York City, to help build the business up. And we, we got into things like rap, Tribe Called Quest, all the way up to kind of Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and NSYNC, lots of other artists and writers. And I saw really the power of music in, in a couple of ways. One was at Live, Live Aid, which was the first year I was here, and saw. Um, how much money and awareness could be 
um, generated by the two big concerts, one in Philly and one in, one in Wembley. Which by the way, I went to Live Aid, so I was, I was you, there. We were there together. Yes, yeah, so we were there together. <laughs> 85, I think it was, actually. Yeah. Um, and so, so I saw the power of music there. And then I had lots of friends in the business who were, were involved in philanthropic uh, causes like, um, what would be an example? TJ Martell, that's a foundation that raises money for, uh, for cancer research. Um, and uses music to do that. And I've, I've also seen many examples, you know, We Are the World, to Stop the Violence, which was one we and a colleague of mine, Anne Carly, did uh, with KRS-One, one of our artists, to, to dampen down the East Coast-West Coast rivalry that was going on. So I've, see, I've really seen the power of not just music, but culture, pop culture, to raise awareness, uh, support, and, and revenue. So how I got into it was really two, two points. One from seeing it and being a little bit part of it. And then the second was I had a friend of mine's wife who died far too young, a teacher, who had this amazing eulogy. I thought, you know, time to get off your backside and not just give money or, you know, do something in a more positive way. And then secondly, uh, this TJ Martell event, the medical doctor who was the ambassador to the UN in Geneva for the States had been in the next bed to TJ, the son of Tony Martel, who had passed away, um, and, and he had made something of his life. He survived the cancer. And so I thought, I'm not just coming and sitting here. I'm going to do something. And I started planning out what became Entertain Impact uh, because I'm not really that good at mending, you know, I can't, I can't put a light bulb in very well. So let alone going out and doing things like that is not my strength. What my strength is, is kind of networking, creativity, bringing worlds together. And so that's really what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Uh, through campaigns and uh, and especially influencers, which is what my book Good Influence is all about. So um, <clears throat> today's po- uh, podcast is called The Dream Method for Developing an Effective Fundraising Campaign. What yeah. is what, let's, uh, the acronym DREAM? Uh, uh, what does DREAM stand for? Well, DREAM is, is a method that's been developed over... 18 years. It's not just kind of a fancy made up thing. It's, it's, it's an actual practical uh, methodology that we use. And the reason I wanted to write the book and to talk about the dream method is because every, not everybody, but a lot of people I know think this is kind of a secret world, the entertainment world or the popular culture world, and that they can't do it. They need to hire someone or we're not going to really focus on it. And it's not true. So the book, Good Influence, is written so that small organizations, big organizations, anywhere in the world, it doesn't really matter whether you're a, you're a company. You can apply to a company. I wanted to apply to more social impact-related work, nonprofits. You can have the confidence to just get going because, as, as Lasso, the Chinese philosopher said, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Sure it does, but we are the GPS that helps you get there these days. And so the dream method was very much designed to, to, to do that. And, and before talking about the dream method in a bit more detail, um, what is an influencer, I think, is a good question to ask. And what is the influencer effect? So an influencer in my world, in my definition, is, is, is not the people that influence you most necessarily, your parents, your caregivers, your teachers. Um, it's more of a, somebody who is a public figure that is culturally appropriate for your audience and the stakeholders. So it could be a business person. It doesn't have to be an artist, uh, musician, actor, sports person. I mean, often is, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and then the influencer effect itself 
is the ability of these influencers to get to audiences that you can't normally get to, but you desire. We know from studies that the average age of a donor in the United States is 64 years old. Too old. They're aging out. And as a consequence, the glucose that we need, i.e. revenues, to drive these nonprofits organizations are going to dry up and they won't be able to do the wonderful work that they do through their programmatic side. So for me, uh, I did a lot of research in the first chapter of the book is talking about this influencer effect that shows that Gen Z and millennials are much more likely to be persuaded to do something by an influencer than they are by any brand advertising. And there's McKinsey's studies on this. There's the Manchester Business School study. There's lots and lots of academic work, which I touch upon, although the book primarily is storytelling um, and, and uh, practical tips, that, that, that I talk about this. And um, the, um, this influencer effect allows you to reach those desired audience. So that's, that's kind of the context for the, for the book. Coming to the question, the dream method, uh, it's, it's very simple. You design your action plan, and in the book, you're going to find very practical steps about work plans and budgets and assessing your audience. There's a very different um, way of approaching a Cuban-American audience based out of Miami versus, say, a Mexican-American audience, a Latinx audience of, say, a mom in the valley in California who's got an MBA and is looking after her two kids while she's taking a time out from work. It's a whole different approach, different people. Um, and and so it's it, that's very important to really nail that audience uh, down um, to very de as details as you can. That, that gives you a much better chance of, of getting them. So the first part is put the action plan together, have a roadmap, know what it's going to cost you, what your messaging is, you know, general marketing a little bit. And we, we at Entail Impact, we do those campaigns. We've done them for the World Health Organization, for Gates, as you said, but also the smaller ones like preserving Nina Simone's childhood home. For the African American Cultural Heritage Action Fund. Um, and so once you've got your action plan, the next part, and really very, very important, is to research. Research your influencers. So I would just have this caveat. Um, our influencers, especially the celebrities versus the social media creators, which is a different kind of generation, do not get paid. They, they enter into it, whether it's the people that you mentioned. Um, or medical doctors that we work with who are influencers, smaller, but still influencers. Um, they don't get paid. They, it's because our research is very thorough. And research is not just how many followers, followers you've got. That is actually not the most important thing. The most important thing is, is there an authentic, genuine, credible connection to the cause? So if you're, um, say, a diabetes organization and you approach Usher, Usher is going to be very receptive to that because his son is a type 1 diabetes. If you approach him for climate change, while he might be very sympathetic for it, um, he's not going to it's not going to resonate with him in the same way. So we did, for example, a, a, a campaign a few years ago with the American Diabetes Association called Diabetes Dance Dare. You danced, you dared three people, and then you, uh, you donated if you wanted. But it was really an awareness campaign. And so we went out to people like Mark Cuban, Shaquille O'Neal, um, Camilla Cabello, all, all who have family members who have diabetes. And this thing spread and spread and became very organic and eventually um, ended up on the, one of the morning shows, Good Morning America, I think it was, um, with Kevin Hart and Kelly Clarkson, organically, not through us, and spread to about six, six countries. So it was done because the research was so good. 
And we had tens of thousands of people join and we got over a billion three impressions, which is exactly what the diabetes, uh, American Diabetes Association wanted. So the research is really, really important. It's not difficult to do, an intern can do it. And in fact, the book's companion website called goodinfluencebook.com has free tools that you can download, including a research grid, um, including a kind of an ask letter to go out to celebrities, which is the second, uh, the third part rather of the dream method. So design your action plan, do your research, um, then is engaged. You have to go out and ask people. And, and a lot of these celebrities are getting many requests a week that it, in fact, if they took them all up, they wouldn't have a life, family, business, career, whatever. So how you ask is, is very important to cut through the clutter. And what you ask is very important. You know, is it a social media post? That's an easier one. Usually a one to eight ratio of ask to, to saying yes. Or is it more, um, you know, we want you to go travel to India for a polio campaign. That's a much more difficult ask than somebody that you've usually got a rapport with and a relationship already. Um, because you're never looking as, a, as an organization for a one and done. You're looking to build up a cohort of people that you can call on, like the American Red Cross do. They have a cabinet. If there's a disaster, they can call on, you know, X, Y, Z in different different um, fields with different um, relationships to, to audience segments to help, to help them. So I think that's really important. Um, is, and, and when you go out and you ask somebody to help you, even if you get a no, that's many people who know about your organization that didn't know before that you're on their radar. So you're, so you're really spreading the word on a long-term basis, but you will get yeses. We've never had a situation where we haven't had people who wanted to, um, to support because the research usually hones in on them. So that's, that's uh, the third part is, is you know, how to engage people. The fourth part is the public facing. Uh, which is the activations. Is it a gala? Is it a keynote? Is it a social media campaign? An easier ask, as I mentioned before. We have a menu of opportunities, and you'll see some of those again on the website uh, that, you can, that you can look at. And I'm sure there's plenty of innovative ones that, uh, that, that the audience also uses. Did um, you, you said the A is activation? Yes. Okay. Activate your campaign, precisely. Okay. And, and, and you, don't, you don't have to be, you know, the biggest nonprofit in the world to do this. There's a wonderful um, non, small nonprofit in Minnesota, Minneapolis, I think it is, uh, where, which is part of the Arthur Murray Dance Studios. It was a lady who unfortunately lost her husband to cancer. And she got um, local celebrities, you know, not hugely famous ones, but, dance, you know, who had done dancing with stars or whatever the TV show was and local newscaster, et cetera. And they did a kind of a mini version of that, which has raised over over four or five years, maybe a little longer, about $3 million for cancer research. Wow. Oh, it's amazing. And obviously you have the super big ones where you're raising billions of dollars, like we did with the polio campaign for Gates, Rotary, and UNICEF. But what do you think is the scale, you, the scale can be sliding. Yeah, do you think that, um, so let's say you're a $5 million nonprofit. And you're following the dream methodology. I know we haven't gotten to the M yet, but uh, yeah. uh, probably it's manage. I don't know, but uh, let's see. But uh, okay, measure. Well, uh, it's measure. Because measure. We well, I meant to, make that, a to me that's similar. So I was at least uh, okay. You're in the right. Book. I was. Yeah. I was close. Um, yeah. But uh, so let's say you're a five million dollar uh, nonprofit, five million dollars mm -hmm. per year, yeah. and you know, 
And, and you're going to follow the dream methodology. You've done your design. You've done your research. Now you're about to engage. And, um, and that means ask somebody to be an influencer. I ask and an influencer to be involved. You know, at $5 million and you, let's say the executive director feels that, uh, you know, Lady Gaga would be amazing for them. Do you, do you, do you kind of, is it better to temper, uh, 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 you know, tap down your level of influencer you're going to go at? Uh, you know, maybe Lady Gaga isn't the best solution for someone who's at a $5 million nonprofit. Um, maybe it's better to go with someone who's a local influencer in the area that they might have easier access to that, that it would be a step for them. Is it, or do you shoot for the moon? Good question. I think, I think it's not either or. So when we, when we look at these things, the ideal is to build a cohort of various influencers for you to hit those audience segments. And also for two other reasons, reputational damage. You know, if one of them goes a little crazy, then, you, then you're covered by the rest. And also um, availability. If I'm shooting a movie or I'm in postseason in a, a basketball or whatever, I can't be there for you. But if I have 30 choices and you have an event, then I have many more options. Um, I think it really depends on how they resonate with the cause. So you're not going to go for somebody who do, it doesn't resonate. So I see no reason why you shouldn't go for, for, for um, the younger ones because they're starting their career. And if you're their first or early nonprofit cause that they're dealing with, that has said something for them, maybe it's education and their mum was, a, was a, a principal or something, um, they'll be with you for a long time. So if you take, uh, I might get her, I think it's Millie Bobby Brown or Bobby Millie Brown, who's an English actress who plays in the Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, her movie, she's the star of the movies, about her as a sister. She's been involved with the United Nations um, since she was eight. She's 16 now. She's very well known in, in, in kind of youth, young adult world. And so that's a great find. Um, on the other hand, if it was somebody really significant like Lady Gaga, although Lady Gaga has her own foundation, which you can see uh, online in about two minutes and probably may not do a cause outside of a foundation, um, I don't see there's any reason why you should go for, go for both. Then, that As long as you're a credible organization and you're professional, um, there's plenty of examples of people who have um, – approached a very well-known person, but it resonated with them and they've, they've done something for them. So you're in, in the research that you're doing, is, yeah. is, is it, is that the point where you say, Oh, I've done some research and I see, and this is all made up. So, I mean, uh, you know, so I see that Lady Gaga's um, sister um, uh, had cancer and and Lady Gaga was really involved in it, uh, in helping, and her sister survived. And Lady Gaga really cares about breast cancer. Is that and and so therefore, if I'm a breast cancer foundation, uh, you see a match there with the influencer, and that's the research that would lead you to what influencers would go with, who might be interested in my cause. You should be sitting on my side of the camera. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah, exactly. Do they, does it resonate? So we, for example, did, did something for Best Friends Animal Society. It's animal welfare. And we looked at people who, you know, loved animals and we created an ambassador campaign for them. For polio eradication, we had people, for example, 
um, who had polio. It's Ed Perlman, Jane Goodall, the late Desmond Tutu. They were ambassadors. We also looked at donors. So, for example, South Korea is a huge donor country for polio eradication. And therefore, uh, we found, I don't know if you remember this record, Psy, Gangnam Style by Psy. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. And so his parents are Rotarians. So we approached him and he did something. And a gold medal Olympic dancer also can do something. And that helped raise a lot of money. On the other hand, for the kind of the more programmatic side in India, where polio has now been eradicated, as it, as it has in Africa, I'm pleased to say, um, we went for Bollywood actors on the one hand because they're so influential. But we also, in northern Nigeria, asked an imam to issue a fatwa to say to families, it's okay to get your baby vaccinated. So it really, you know, depends who it is, what it is, what the audiences are. But they're all connected with the, with the idea of public health in some way and doing doing good. So that's really, really the key. So the last step that we, uh, it would be measure. And yes. uh, of course, um, as being a business person myself, I I know that one of the most important parts of, of any effort is measure. So you're, you're looking for key performance indicators, indicate if the campaign was successful or not. And I guess in measure too, you would probably set your goals too, you know, as well. I mean, you may not, I mean, I can see in the design phase, the first phase, uh, you probably would start to pick KPIs in there too. Right. That, that, I think that's where you set the goals. Yeah. Yeah. The KPIs, yeah. It may, they may change over the course of the campaign. Nothing is static, but that's what you do. So to me, I, 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 this is some area that I've spent a lot of time on. I've struggled with. I've brought experts in because I, I, this, this, um, the reason I'm doing this is because I want to make a difference. So I want to know if I made a difference or if I didn't. And sometimes you learn when you don't make a, a success out of something or, or even within one campaign, you can have very positive moments and challenging moments. So what we, we look at is, is um, a baseline. You always need a baseline to measure against. How many followers did you have last week versus the week after the campaign, that kind of thing. But I, but I look at, look at um, measurement into two areas, tactical and ultimate. And so tactical could be how many influences did I go out to? How many were in, involved in the campaign? What were his engagement like if it was, say, a social media campaign? Um, did they actually um, increase followers? Was the website um, traffic increased? Um, were conversion rates better? You know, the donors, for example. So I think all those are really important. Um, and then there's what I call ultimate. That's a, did you did where you can't necessarily be as direct. I think it's very important that you don't over um, exaggerate the measurement or, or the impact of a campaign. It's better to understate it, if anything. You know, you don't want to kind of be a show off. But, but for example, um, I divide that up into the ROI because you do need a return on investment. We, we, we need, the, as I said before, the revenues to help drive, drive the programmatic side. And we're very closely aligned with communications, marketing, development, and programmatic um, areas. We don't just look at one specific. They're all connected. So... Um, so on the ROI, we look at things like, you know, did we increase monthly donors, um, individual donors? And so monthly donors with best friends, we increased their um, donors at the time. This is several years ago by about 30%, which was a significant amount of money. Um, individual donors with Rotary for that 
polio campaign, they, we helped them. I don't say we were the cause, but we were part of it. They raised $75 million for their um, foundation. And over the course of the campaign, we were a group, part of it that raised about $5.1 I think, um, through Gates and government funding and all that kind of stuff. I spent many, many a week or two meeting uh, development ministers. I, I would imagine. I would imagine that the hardest part of this whole yeah. is the uh, you know getting in front of the influencers. I would imagine that's the hardest part. Rather it be you know through written, through uh, personal, that the creativeness that you need to have to and the fortitude. Um, that's the hardest part of the whole uh, dream process. Is that accurate to say? I, I would say that that is definitely uh, one fact. I think getting being creative in terms of your campaign is the is the best part of it. You know, in terms of doing something that's attractive to people and non generic. But that said, um, it takes time because you're going to get a yes, which is great. You're going to get a no, which is. Uh, but the no can also be, we really like it. We're just too busy at the moment. And then you get this kind of middle ground of you don't hear from people where you can get a little frustrated, but you must never write that what I call that therapy email. Don't do that. Write it, throw it away. But I think with perseverance, you know, and you need to give yourself a long runway, several months to do this. Nobody's just going to be available overnight. Um, we've never in 18 years not got somebody or several people for a campaign. So I want to give people the um, optimism if they're patient and persistence and have grit, as you said before, that they that they uh, they will be successful because there's we have a hundred percent record and there's plenty of nonprofits around who have been very very successful. You just need really, I think, to commit to it, commit the time, some resources. You're not going to pay the um, pay the, uh, the influencer necessarily, although with some social media creators you. They still, they still want to reduce rate. Um, you just have to go for it. I think is, is really, really important. And a lot of nonprofits don't do that because they think, oh, we're not going to get anyone. It costs big dollars, um, or honestly, they're, they're kind of frightened of failure. But I think unless you, unless you do start, because I know you, that, that they'll succeed. And um, for your audience, I'm very happy on a pro bono basis to give you know some one-on-one -on -one advice. Uh, because really, we want to have a very open architecture and get as many people to do this as possible. That's the reason for the book. Um, you will, you will succeed. You know, my, my, a lot of our listeners have smaller nonprofits, right? Um, and yeah. and as you can imagine, when you're an executive director at a nonprofit, you are small nonprofit. You're doing everything, and I would imagine that. Adding, if you do not have a fundraising uh, person, uh, that that really let's an executive director saying, I want to get an influencer to, you know, support us and support our uh, upcoming gala, whatever you know, whatever it is, that that might be too much on their plate unless they have an in which I mean, would, have you seen that where people take on way too much and they really don't have the manpower to engage? 
I have faith people people know their bandwidth and their capacity. But if okay. you're a local smaller one, then um, go to your local TV station or you're yep. on air this and, and, and get somebody locally that people will know that's possible to do it. But there's Kevin Bacon's, you know, the six degrees. Six degrees that's based on the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I work with Kevin. Uh, they do, they do amazing work um, who I didn't know before, just to be very clear. Several years ago, I did a program for TJ Martel on VH1 and I didn't know them either. And Kevin and his brother, Michael hosted it. And that's how, how we met. So, um, the, 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 it's worth it, you know, it's because if you look at the ROI on these things, earned media is huge in what you can get versus what you'd have to pay for advertising. The cost of getting donors is much cheaper using influencers um, ability to reach people than it is if you used other methodologies. And there's in the book, there's lots of studies that show this. It's not just me saying it off the top of my head because um, as I say, there's, there's many academic studies and, uh, that show that the other thing is it, it's um, it reduces the average age of donors we've seen that um, it gets you connected to new audiences I mean if you really want to put an investment in growing your nonprofit uh, I think this is this is a really good way of going um, and in addition you get things like you know people volunteers of employees whatever are very satisfied by this they get a pride out of being associated um, we found that with the diabetes dance there um, and then, and, and it gets enthusiasm going within the organization. These kind of cultural changes, I call them. Uh, I think it's very, very important. And then you also get what I call the unexpected consequence. So, for example, I had taken somebody very well known. It took me a year and a half to do this, talking about patients, but very, very well known, kind of Lady Gaga status, but not her, to Haiti to work with work for a hospital that I work with called St. Damien's, which is a maternal and child health hospital. And, and that got an enormous amount of publicity. And as a result of someone seeing that, there was a donation of $400,000 that was made to a hospital that does no marketing and never, nobody really hardly knew of three, three days before. So there's these unexpected consequences as well. Plus, it opens the doors. I've seen lots of leadership, executive directors, chief marketing officers get invites to places they may not otherwise be invited that have led to other things. So I think then the, the, the return is, is, is uh, on investment and time is very worthwhile. You know, it's usually an eight to one to twelve to one from our viewpoint. More probably from from your point. Yeah, my, without without looking. Sorry, just to, just to add one last sentence. Sure. That's without looking at the social return, which we can get to, which is why we're all here in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine if everybody's time is limited, regardless of uh, what position you're in, right? But yeah. Um, but if you're if you're an executive director, you don't have a fundraising uh, person. Um, you know, certainly the first advice is to delegate it to somebody, maybe somebody on the board. But, um, but if you, I, I would imagine that what you really have to do is do better research. So, so that way you can zero in much better so that your hit or close ratio, once you get in front of that person in some way, is going to have a high probability instead of casting yes. a wider net. And, you know, which would takes up a lot of time. I, I tell you what, I, I really like what you said, Paul, that you, this is a several months type of effort. Right. And, you know, I would I think that, you know, there's so many people out there who go out the gate like a racehorse. Right. And they're all enthusiastic 
for the first couple of weeks and then it dies out. And this isn't, this isn't that type of thing. This is a full blown marathon where you have to be like a tortoise, a tortoise going uh, on a consistent basis. Is that accurate? I was just thinking of the hare and the tortoise. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's a marathon, but I would say it, it, it's, it's, if it's a campaign, you should allow yourself four to six months from the, from when your cat before your campaign is launched. That's the ideal to get people on board and all that kind of thing. Gotcha. But once you've got those folk um, on board, it's you, you, they could be with you for years. The Rotary people have been with you know the ambassadors there, whether it's Ziggy Marley is for Africa uh, and Angelique Cajot, um have been there for years. And you know we valued what an ambassador campaigns um, participants equal in terms of it's several million dollars. Um, and that's very conservatively. So I think it's very important. The, the other thing is what, what they do is they bring awareness to your organization. You get more volunteers, you get more support. It'll, it, and, and say, for example, you're doing something on, uh, I don't know, voter turnouts, which we do sometimes uh, on, a, on a non-partisan basis, but we do voter turnout stuff. Um, you're going to you're going to um, have people who are going to act as a result of, 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 of these influencers because they're persuasive. Hence the name influencers. Um, so there's you know our theory of change is really use popular culture to change culture, to change behavior, to term, change policy, and to drive programs. And I and I think that's very um, accurate as to what actually happens from kind of an ultimate impact. You know, it's um, interesting. I uh, I'm not a yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of. For this, for the methodology and for raising money, I I get the influencer star thing. I'm not a starstruck type of individual, right? I, I um, yeah. But you know, I I also see where you could use this methodology for expanding the people who are re- already donating to your organization. I mean, listen, like you look at me, right? I I'm, I just, I'm the, I forget there was a term in it in a long, long, long time ago. Uh, I can't remember what type of person I am, but I know a lot of people, right? So like, I know uh, I'm not an influencer because I'm not, I'm not by any means. You're a networker, a connector. A connector, that's the word, right? So, you know, that's another way of looking at an influencer, a connector and saying, what could we do to get Steve Halasnik to be better at introducing our organization, our cause to all the people that he knows as a connector, you know, because really I don't get anybody doing that, right? I don't get any of the organizations I belong to calling me up you know, finding out one that I'm a connector and, you know, and number two is call me up and say, you know, Mr. Halasnik, how can you connect us more with the people that you know? Right. And, you know, and that's, that's, you know, that's, that's another methodology. And I know it's a different approach, but. It's slightly different. It's a, na- it's a smaller world because, you know, we don't have the same um, reach as say Taylor Swift does or Ronaldo. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, this, let me come back to the starstruck thing. I'm actually 
like you, I much prefer to be behind the scenes. The only reason I'm doing this is because I really want this information to get to as many people. But we did a campaign for Lima, which is a bit like Doctors Without Borders. They're a wonderful organization that deal primarily in, in, in East Africa, a little bit in the Ukraine these days. Um, and they go in very early. They stay in these situations which, which are health-related um, and do a lot of research and sustainability. We did a campaign for them. They're based out of Dakar in Senegal. Uh, in the states which is very difficult because it's fundraising in a country that you're not operating in although a lot of um focus focus is, is, is on africa um and what we we did there is we got doctors so they're called nano influencers they have maybe or micro influencers let thirty thousand and below followers as opposed to say you know taylor swift that might have 200 million followers and these doctors are people that work in that field and work in the us and come from different countries from the Middle East and Africa and the US. And it was incredibly successful. We, we increased their followers um, sevenfold. We got 20,000 people to go to the donation page. They've had 5,000 the most ever. Um, and that was with a very low key campaign with a little bit of advertising, maybe five, $6,000 worth of advertising put in. And so you can have very dramatic effects without having to have the biggest in the world. In fact, we did, we did a thing for, um, the Brady Center for Prevention of Gun Violence. Uh, when I was going to say when, but unfortunately the shootings are always going on. It's just ridiculous. Um, that, and there we were very careful not to be too glitzy. So out of 20 people, we had the survivors uh, from Virginia Tech. We had the parents of kids that got killed at Columbine. We had Mark Ruffalo, but Mark Ruffalo's brother got murdered. I mean, you know, unfortunately. It was a legitimate, unfortunate reason to be there. But we were very careful not to be too glitzy. And, then, and at the same time, the um, Everytown, which is Bloomberg Philanthropies organization, which do great work and have, have learned from this lesson, took every A-lister in the world and did something. This was when um, Sandy Hook happened. Um, and they got, they, they got a lot of criticism because how can you have, you know, uh, a, B, C, D superhero who uses guns in a movie now being talking about not using guns. So you have to really, really, really be empathetic with the audience you're trying to reach and not be too glitzy. It's really a bad idea. So I'm kind of where you are on these things. Yeah, you know what? The other thing, and um, we're gonna, we have to wrap this up, unfortunately, but the other thing sure. I like is once you've learned this methodology and you apply it, the second time you do it, the, the, in other words, for the next campaign, it gets easier and easier and easier, right? But it's that, you know, that it's, it's, it's a learning experience that will pay dividends in the long run because once you learn now, hopefully the person who does it for you doesn't leave your organization taking all that skill and knowledge with them, you know, and that's a different, uh, that's a different uh, business uh, issue, right? Yeah. Um, but it is going to pay its dividends if you if you get really good at this, and it's probably you know, I, probably a heck of a lot of fun too. It's kind of fun, uh, yes, absolutely, because you're kind of you're dreaming a little bit. Yeah. But you know, most of this can be done by an intern, to be honest. The research, the ask letter, you you can get from GoodInfluenceBook.com a lot of the templates that you need and the tracking systems. Um, it's not really such a big deal. 
Yeah. So just 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 yeah. try it and see how it works, and yeah, then you I have a be, database of people that you can reapproach as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be afraid uh, to do this, but I'm I'm also yeah. uh, uh, someone who does who dives something in, into something. But uh-huh. you know, so I I like your methodology; it makes a lot of sense. Um, so you know, I really kind of we need to wrap this up, unfortunately. But I'd sure. like to thank so very much, Paul Katz. Let's you know before we move on to just the conclusion, I just want to go back over what Dream stands for. It's design, which is, of course, a roadmap. It's, you know, research, um, engage, and that's where you kind of ask, and uh, how and what is also mm-hmm. part of engage. Activation, uh, it's when you activate your campaign, and then a measure are really the steps in dream. So, um, uh, so on top of that, I would like to thank so very much Paul Katz from Entertain Impact for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like today's podcast or any of the other 450 podcasts we've done, please give us a five-star review. It helps us get the word out. Um, And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Paul, if people want to get a hold of you or visit your website, how would they go about doing that? They can just go to goodinfluencebook.com and just send me an email, or uh, they can go to entertainimpact.com and send me an email. And as I said, I'm very happy on a pro bono basis to chat to, to some of your EDs from the small organizations or whichever organization to, to be helpful to them. Paul, it was a great podcast. I really enjoyed doing it. Thank you. I really enjoyed being here as well. So good questions. Thank you so much. Sure. And uh, I just, you know, want to thank all our listeners, not for listening. That's thank you for that, but really for trying to make the world a better place. Uh, You guys are out there every single day, um, really making a big difference. And we need you. We all need you. And both Paul and I need to do our part, of course, but you guys are out there doing the heavy lifting. And I just want to remind you that you need to take good care of yourself first. If you don't take good care of yourself, your health, your mental health, uh, your, your physical health, then you're no good to your cause, you know, good to your family, you know, good to your friends. And of course, this is a marathon. The world's always going to have problems and we just need more people to kind of help. So thank you. Just make sure you take good care of yourself. Every single day, you should be thinking about yourself first. Other than that, uh, I want to wish everybody a a great day. And thank you for listening to the Nonprofit MBA podcast.